episode of Ayasha Ministries Let's Rap Reveal podcast. For those of you who may not know, I am your host, Elder Shanina Walker. And if you are listening to me today for the very first time, I want to say to you, welcome. I want you to know it is not by chance or coincidence that you are listening to me right now, but it is by God's divine order. And he has ordered your steps, beloved, right into our Yasha Ministries Let's Rap Reveal podcast. For those who continue time after time again over these number of years to listen, who have liked, who continue to comment, and most importantly, who continue to share this podcast, I want to say again, thank you. For those of you who have been on this journey with me, you know for the last few months we have been talking about uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We have been covering generational curses, generational sins, sins of the father. Yes, we've been talking about sins of the father, the life of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Can you believe we're already in the sixth episode in this series? And believe it or not, three generations have passed since the Lord commanded Abram to get from among his kindreds. On our last episode, we were covering the fourth generation. That's right, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and now Jacob's sons, the 12 tribes of Israel. The Lord commanded Abraham in Genesis, the 12th chapter, he told him to get from among his kindreds. He told him to go to a land that he would show him. And he also commanded Abraham. He said, I will make thee a great nation. I will bless thee. I will make thy name great. He said unto Abraham, I will bless them that bless thee. And I will curse them that curse thee. He also let him know that all families of the earth shall be blessed through him. That includes me and you, beloved. If you have a family, you have given your life to the Lord, and you are in this earth, you, my dear, are reaping the benefits of Abraham. Once again, I am your host, Elder Shanina Walker, and today on Let's Write Reveals, we're going to be continuing with this powerful series entitled Generational Curses, Generational Sins, Sins of the Father, Part 6, Be Clean. Change your garments. Let's wrap. What I love about Abraham in Genesis, the 12th chapter and the fourth verse, we don't see anywhere where he questioned God. The Bible says Abraham departed as the Lord has spoken unto him. The Bible also makes it clear that Lot went with him. Remember, Lot was Abraham's nephew, um, his brother Haran's son. We know that Haran died at a young age. And we know that Haran was the father of Micah, Lot, and Iscah. And we know that when Haran passed away, Abraham's father took on the responsibility of Lot and his younger siblings. And when Abraham's father, Terah, passed away, that left Abraham and that left Lot. And no doubt Abraham being the next oldest, he felt a, a sense of responsibility for Lot and the Bible says in the fifth verse of Genesis, the 12th chapter, Abraham took Sarah, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their substances that they had gathered and everything that they had accumulated while they were in Haran. And they went forth into the land of Canaan, and to the land of Canaan, the Bible says they came. Um, so they did leave. Abraham got from among his kindreds. That means he, he left behind Nahor, his brother, and all of his family that he was attached to in obedience to the Lord. Why? To get a fresh start. I truly believe God wanted to get Abraham from among his people 
so he can do just like he promised Abraham. He said, go into a land which I will show you and I will make thee great. I will make you a great nation. He said, I will make your name great. And I talked about it before. We have to get from among people that we are familiar with, that we are accustomed to, that can only see us in one way. Just because your daddy was this way or your mother was that way, they're going to see you the same way. If you had a family full of people that did certain things, that's how they're going to see you. You're going to be guilty by association. But the Lord wanted Abraham to get from among his kindreds. Why? So he could make his name great. But throughout the series, we know that not only did God want to make Abraham's name great, but in the seventh verse, it tells us in that 12th chapter that the Lord appeared unto Abraham and he said, unto thy seed, I will give this land. And the Bible lets us know that it was right there that Abraham, he built the altar unto the Lord who appeared unto him. So we know it was at that time that the Lord appeared to Abraham and Abraham began to follow the Lord. He began to worship the Lord. He began to lift up the Lord and everything that Abraham went to do from that moment on, when we go up throughout the chapters in Genesis, we begin to see that Abraham had no problem ever building an altar to the Lord. The 13th chapter of Genesis lets us know that it was there Abraham called upon the name of the Lord. So he began to call upon the name of the Lord. He began to follow the Lord with his whole heart. And the Lord continued to make Abraham these promises. Genesis 13 chapter and the 15th verse, we see the Lord said unto Abraham, For all the land which thou seest, to thee, I will give it to thee and unto thy seed forever. So God is making Abraham these promises to bless not only Abraham, but his seed forever from generations to come to the first, to the second, to the third, even until the fourth generation, there are blessings attached to Abraham. So God continued to promise Abraham. He said, I will make thy seed as the dust of the earth. So that if any man can number the dust of the earth, then shall thy seed also be numbered. And we all clearly know that that's an impossible task, that no man will ever be able to number the amount of dust in the earth. So he was letting Abraham know that your seed is going to be so great that it will never be able to be numbered. All throughout the book of Genesis, even in Genesis, the 17th chapter, the Lord goes on to Abraham and tell him, he lets him know that I will make thee exceedingly fruitful. I will make nations of thee and kings shall come out of thee. I will establish my covenant between me and thee and thy seed after thee and their generation of everlasting covenant to be a God unto thee and unto the seed after thee. So this is the main point. God is letting Abraham know, I'm separating you for a reason. I'm getting you from among your kindreds. Why? Because I want to be your God. I want you to have a covenant between me and you, and not only me and you, but between me and your seed. The generational sin and the generational curses that were attached to Abraham's bloodline was no secret or no surprise to God. God already knew that Abraham's generation or his bloodline had a, 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 a history of deception. He already knew that there was a history of manipulation in Abraham's bloodline. He already knew there was a spirit of trickery in the bloodline. He already knew there was a spirit of favoritism that followed this family and civil and rivalry and anger and hatred. He already knew that the spirit of murder followed this family, this bloodline, but he wanted to get Abraham 
away from this. He had to move Abraham out. Why? So he can change Abraham. So he could begin to deal with Abraham. So he could begin to clean Abraham up. So he could begin to give Abraham a new change of garment. But not only Abraham, but Abraham's seed. You see, you see how God is doing this thing? God had to move Abraham from among that which he was familiar with, that which he was used to. That ran the Abraham family. We know that from studying this uh, series that not only did he struggle with all these generational sins and generational curses, but there was idolatry that also followed this family. We found out that from Laban. We know that Laban had idols that he worshipped, that also his daughters worshipped, but it was with Abraham that God wanted to establish his covenant. And not only through Abraham, but Abraham's seed. Now, somebody may be wondering, what am I talking about when I talk about seed? I'm talking about the next generation. God not only wanted Abraham to be separated, set apart, sanctified, but it was God's intention that Abraham would move from among his kindred. He would go to a land that he had promised him and showed him, and he would begin to raise up his own nation of people that were holy and that would follow him. But what happened? The Bible says that Sarah gave birth to Isaac and the Lord had promised us Abraham that he said he would establish his covenant with Isaac for an everlasting covenant and with his seed after him. So we know that not only did he establish the covenant with Abraham, he also went on to establish a covenant with Isaac. And the Bible gave us a glimpse of the faithfulness of Abraham and just how faithful and how much he trusted God that he was willing to sacrifice his only son, Isaac, uh, in obedience unto God. And we also see the humbleness and the obedience of Isaac, how Isaac was willing to be obedient unto his father. And he allowed his father to lay him on the altar, not really knowing that he was the sacrifice. But we see that God had already begun to set this thing in order and in place that he would have a people who would serve him. So I couldn't help but begin to wonder where did things begin to go off track? We see that God had already established his covenant with Abraham, setting him aside, getting him to the level of faith that he needed to get Abraham to so that he might become the father of many nations. We know that Abraham, no doubt, I'm sure taught Isaac the same covenant, the things that God had already promised him to make him a, a nation that would be great. I'm sure he instilled that same uh, information into Isaac. So where did things go off track? What happened? So we see in the 24th verse, when Abraham began to get old and stricken, he made his servant promise that he would go back to the land of his fathers to get Isaac a wife. Abraham made his servant promise that he would not get Isaac a wife uh, of the daughters of the Canaanites whom they dwelled among. As if God didn't know that he has sent him to the land of Canaan and that's where they will be dwelling. However, he uh, made him promise to go unto his own country to my kindreds and take a wife unto my son Isaac. Um, so he wanted him to go back uh, among the same people that the Lord separated him from to get Isaac a wife. And we go on to see that the servant began to ask a question to Abraham. He was saying, pre-adventure, the woman will not be willing to follow me unto this land. Must needs I bring thy son again to the land from whence thy cometh. And Abraham said unto him, beware, 
that thou not bringeth my son neither again. So he made it very clear to the servant. No, you cannot take Isaac back to this land again. And then he began to explain to the servant why in the seventh verse, he said, because the Lord God of heaven, he took me from my father's house and from the land of my kindred. So he already knew that God commanded him to leave, to leave from among his kindred, but yet he's going back there to get Isaac a wife from among the same people with the same generational curses, the same generational habits, the same generational sin, the same spirits of deception, the same spirit of manipulation, the same spirit of trickery, the same spirits of civil and rivalry. Abraham was so adamant about um, Isaac not going back to the land of his fathers that he even told the servant in the eighth verse, he said, if the woman is not willing to come, then you are clear of my oath. I'm willing to release you from this oath if she will not come to the land of Canaan. Now, what I need you to remember and understand is that Rebecca was Laban's sister. Remember, Rebecca and Laban were brothers and sisters. And remember, Laban is the one who worshiped idols. So no doubt, Rebecca come from a household where they also worship idols. So here Isaac is, uh, here he's marrying Rebecca, who's bringing these same uh, generational spirits, generational uh, sins over into the land of Canaan. So we see Isaac getting his wife from the land of Canaan from among his kindred, which was Rebecca, who in fact would end up being his second cousin. So not only did we have all these other things going on in this bloodline of Abraham, I failed to mention that there's incest through all out this generation. But he got Rebecca, his wife, and he married Rebecca, and, and Rebecca came back to Canaan. And now we see the Lord is dealing with Isaac. Now when we look at Genesis, the 26th chapter, we see that the Lord began to deal with Isaac the same way he began to deal with Abraham. And we see he began to talk to Isaac and tell Isaac, he said, I will perform the oath in which I swear unto Abraham thy father. God was talking unto uh, Isaac in the 26th chapter and the third verse. He said, I will make thy seed to multiply as the stars in the heaven. I will give unto thy seed in all the countries and in thy seed shall all nations of the earth be blessed. Because Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge and my commandments and my statute and my laws. So we see that Isaac is following the same footsteps as his father. We talked about the comparison between Abraham and Isaac over in the second series of this, uh, the second episode of this series. We talked about how their lives were very, uh, to be compared to one another in a lot of areas. But we see that he is following the covenant and the commandments of the Lord. And because he is worshiping and following the Lord, the Lord is blessing Isaac. In the 12th verse of the 26th chapter, the Bible tells us that Isaac sold in the land and received the same year a hundred folds and the Lord blessed him. And the man waxed great and went forward and grew until he became very great. We know that he possessed flocks and herds and he had all kinds of things. Uh, that the Lord blessed him with. And we see that in the 24th verse, it says, and the Lord appeared unto him the same night and said unto Isaac, now this is Isaac he's talking to. He said, I am the God of Abraham, thy father. Fear not for I am with thee. I will bless thee. I will multiply thy seed for my servant Abraham's sake. And the Bible says it was right here that Isaac himself made his commitment to the Lord. He said, and he built an altar there 
and called upon the name of the Lord. And he pitched his tent there. And we see that Isaac is now made a commitment unto the Lord and he's worshiping, he's serving God. So we've just established that Abraham had a covenant with the Lord. Isaac have a covenant relationship with the Lord. So what happened? How is it that Jacob end up not having a relationship with God the way Abraham and Isaac had? I couldn't help but wonder how is it that uh, Jacob grew up not knowing God in a more personal or intimate way the way his father Isaac did and the way his grandfather Abraham did. I truly believe the Bible tells us how because it says in here in the 25th chapter and the 27th, 6th, 8th verse, it says Isaac loved Esau because he did eat of his venison, but Rebekah loved Jacob. And no doubt Jacob spent a whole lot of time around his mother, Rebekah, teaching him all of those past generational sins, all those past bad habits. Remember, Rebekah came from the land of Haran, uh, the, the sister of Laban, who was the greatest tricker among them all, who also was an idol worshiper. So she came out from among these kindreds, uh, among these uh, generational curses, these generational sins, where some of everything was going on in the land of Haran. And we were able to see firsthand in Genesis 27 just how far her deception and her trickery runs and how those generation curses continue to flow down to the next generation. So I, I submit to you today that Jacob ended up being a product of his mother. He began to be more like his mother, Rebecca, than he was his father, Isaac. And because of the deception of Rebecca and the deception of uh, Jacob, it caused Jacob to have to run from his brother Esau, which landed Jacob back in the land of Haran, which the Lord God had told Abraham, his grandfather from the beginning, to get from among your kindreds. God never intended them to go back to the land Haran. He wanted them to dwell in the land of Canaan. He had a blessing in the land of Canaan for them. It was in the land of Canaan that the chains of generational curses, generational sin will be broken off of their life. But for some reason, they could not allow themselves to detach from the past, detach themselves from their uh, kindreds that God had already removed them from. Now, I'm sure somebody is asking the question, Elder Walker, how is it that you're saying Jacob didn't have the relationship with the Lord the way Abraham did or the way Isaac, his father, did? I'm going to show you, and then we're going to pick up where we left off on the last episode. Now, Genesis, the 28th chapter, beginning at the 10th verse, tells us that when Jacob was fleeing from his brother Esau, this is where he ended up. And the Bible says, and Jacob went out from Beersheba and went towards Haran, and he lighted upon a certain place and tarried there all night because the sun was setting. And he took the stones of the place and put them for his pillow and lay down in a place to sleep. And he had a dream. So while he was there sleeping, God gave Jacob a dream. This is Jacob's first encounter with the Lord. This is the first time the Bible mentions that he had an encounter with God. And the Bible says that in the dream, and behold, a ladder set upon the earth, and the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angel of God ascending and descending. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, now God is speaking through the dream to Jacob saying, I am the Lord God of Abraham, thy father, and the God of Isaac, the land whereon thou liest. 
to thee will I give it and to thy seed. So it is right here. God is making the same promise that he made to Abraham, that he made to Isaac. Now he's making it to Jacob. That's the first, the second, and the third generation God is making a promise to. He says, and thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth, and thou shalt spread abroad to the west, to the east, to the north, to the south, and in thee and in thy seed shall all families of the earth be blessed. And behold, I am with thee. I will keep thee in all places where thou goest. I will bring thee again unto thy land, for I will not leave thee until I have done that which I have spoken to thee of. So God is making him a promise here. He's saying, I am the Lord your God. He said, I will be with you. He said, I will keep you in every place where you goeth. So you don't have to worry about where you're headed to because I'm going to keep you. He said, not only am I going to keep you, I'm going to bring you back into this land. He said, I will not leave thee until I have done everything which I've spoken of thee. He said, you, I'm making you a promise that I'm not going to leave you until I do everything that I promise you I'm going to do. Now you got to understand right here, Jacob didn't even know the Lord like that. He wasn't even close to the Lord like Abraham or Isaac was. And the Bible says that Jacob in the 16th verse and Jacob awakened out of his sleep. And he says, surely the Lord is in this place. And I knew it not. He was afraid and said, how dreadful is this place? This is none other but the house of God. And this is the gate of heaven. So one thing Jacob did know, he knew that when he woke up, that the Lord was in that place. He said, I didn't even know this is where the Lord would meet me. He said, but I know he's here. He said, and the Bible says he was afraid and he knew how dreadful that place was because of the Lord's presence in that place. He said, truly, this is none other but the house of God. And this is the gate to heaven. And the Bible says, and Jacob rose up early in the morning and he took the stones that he had put for his pillow and he set it upon, set it up for a pillar and poured oil on top of it. So in other words, he's somewhat making an altar right there for the Lord. The Bible didn't come out and say that he made an altar, but this is what he's doing. The Bible says, and he called the name of the place Bethel and the name of the city is called Luz at the first. And here it is right here. This is what I'm talking about. And Jacob vowed a vow saying, if God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I goeth and give me bread to eat and raiment to put on, here it is. So I will come again to my father's house in peace. Then shall the Lord be my God. Right here, he said it. This is where he, where he said, surely... If God will do all these things for me and bring me back to my father's house in peace, then shall the Lord be my God. So up to this point, the Lord was not Jacob's God. Jacob said, God, okay, if you do all this stuff with me, if you take me to this place and keep me, if you give me food and you give me raiment and you bring me back to my father's house in peace, then I'm going to let you be my God. Then I'm going to try you and see. So the Bible says, and this stone, which I have set for a pillar shall be God's house. And for all that thou shalt give me, I will surely give a tenth unto thee. So he made a vow right there to the Lord that if you do these things for me, then I'm going to allow you to be my God. 
He then made a promise to God that whatever you give me at that point, then I'm going to give a tenth back unto you at that time. So it was even here that Jacob, even though he didn't have a full relationship with God, and even though he acknowledged that if the Lord would bring him back to that place, then he would allow him to be his God, God still blessed Jacob. We know the story how he got over in Haran and how he worked 20 years for his uncle Laban and his uncle Laban tricked him again and again. And we talked about it in the last series, how the Lord finally spoke to Jacob and told him to go back to the land of his fathers, go back to his homeland. And they, they left in the middle of the night, three days journey without um, Laban even knowing they were gone. And we talked about how Rachel, um, stole the, uh, idols that belonged to her father and she sat on them. So that lets us know there that over in the land of Haran, they were worshiping idols cause she brought those idols back with her. And even while they were in the land of Haran, uh, Jacob's sons grew up around all of this behavior. So the first 11 sons were growing up learning these things. Uh, all of them, Joseph was very young when uh, they left. So he may have not gotten fully indoctrinated into all the bad habits and the generational curses and the generational sins that followed that family or learning how to be uh, tricksters and how to, to, to participate in all those things that were not of God. So now we have a generation who really does not know God the way God intended for them to. So God really wanted the... Uh, Abraham's seed to be separated. He wanted them to be set apart. So Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So we see it was here that the ball was dropped. It was here that they went back and they were raised, Jacob, 11 sons in the land of Haran. They grew up around his kindred. They grew up around the very same people that God told Abraham to get from, get from among. So I said all that and established all of that background to get to the point where we are now to let you see how God had a, a plan in mind. God had a covenant relationship that was set up with Abraham. It passed on to Isaac and Isaac dropped the ball. It didn't get passed on to Jacob like it should have. And Jacob took uh, his flight, went to Haran. And he uh, bared all these sons and Dinah, his daughter, in Haran. And they grew up around the kindreds of Haran, learning all of these bad habits, generational curses, generational sins. There were idol worshiping going on. There were all kind of things going on in the land of Haran. And we know that we talked about in episode five, after they left Haran, the daughter that Jacob and Leah, that Leah bared, Jacob, Dinah, she was raped by the prince of Shechem. We know that uh, after she was raped, the brothers were very wroth and angry. They wanted revenge. So they went to revenge the land. Simeon and Levi went in and slaughtered all the men under the pretense that they were going to interchange daughters between the two of them when they knew all along all they had in mind was revenge. So they went in and they killed all the men of the city and uh, the other sons of Jacob looted the city. So we see that the the, the sins and the sins of the father are passing down to the next generation. And we know that Jacob was very upset about this because he said that the inhabitants of the land among the Canaanites and the Presidites, he said, we are few in number and they're going to gather themselves against me. But not only will they slay me, they're going to destroy my entire household. 
He's not even thinking about that God said he's going to bring him back to that place. And God promised him that he would allow his seed to multiply and be great. He forgot all about that. But we see here now where he's afraid and he don't know what to do. But God spoke to Jacob and God said to him in the 35th chapter where we left off in the last series, God spoke to Jacob and said, arise and go up to Bethel and dwell there and make there an altar unto God. And that appeared unto thee. When thou fledded from the face of thy brother Esau. So God then told him, now go back to Bethel, where I met you at. Go back to God, to that dreadful, go back to Bethel, to that dreadful place where you met me in the beginning. So Genesis, the 35th chapter, beginning of that second verse, we see that Jacob said unto his household and to all that were with him, put away the strange gods that are among you and be clean and change your garments. It is right here that Jacob has made his commitment to the Lord, letting them know it is now time. Everyone that's in my household, he said, put away the strange gods that are among you. That lets us know that up to this point, they still had the gods in their camp. They still were worshiping strange gods. He said, put them away. He said, be clean, change your garment and let us arise and go up to Bethel. And I will make there an altar unto God who answered me in the day of my distress and was with me in the way which I went. It is right here that Jacob has telling his entire household, it's time to get right. It's time to put away all the strange gods among you. And the Bible says, and they gave unto Jacob all the strange gods which they had in their hands. They had them right there in their hand. He's saying all the earrings which were in their ears and Jacob hid them under the oak which was by Shechem. And they journeyed, and the terror of God was upon the cities and were round about them, and they did not pursue after the sons of Jacob. So we see here that God allowed the enemies to be still. When you begin to serve God, when we begin to put God first, God would allow our enemies to be still, that they will not even pursue after you. And the Bible goes down and say in the seventh verse, and Jacob, and he built the altar and called the place Labethel. Because there God appeared unto him when he fled from the face of his brother. And here it is. God is finally, the Bible is finally saying that Jacob built an altar unto the Lord. And in closing, in the 35th chapter and the ninth verse, it goes on to say, And God appeared unto Jacob, and again, and he came unto Paden Aram and blessed him. And God said unto him, Thy name is Jacob. Thy name shall not be called any more Jacob, but Israel shall be thy name. And he called his name Israel. And God said to him, I am God Almighty. Be fruitful and multiply. And nations and companies of nations shall be of thee. Kings shall come out of thy line. And the land which I gave Abraham and Isaac to thee, I will give it. And to thy seed after thee, I will give the land. And God went up from him and in the place where he talked with him. And Jacob set a pillar in that place where he talked to him even the pillar of stone. And he poured a drink off in their own and pour all their own. And Jacob called the name of the place where God spake unto him, Bethel. And the Bible is telling us here that his wife, Rachel, his beloved Rachel, she travailed. And after she travailed, she gave birth to a son, another son, the 12th son of the 12 tribes of Israel, which was by the name of Benjamin. And Rebekah died in the process of giving birth to Benjamin of uh, the last of Jacob's son. 
Uh, but it is here that Jacob gave his life over to God. And it was here at this time that he told everything among him to put away their strange gods. But we're going to see what happened after that. So I want you to come back and join me with part seven of this powerful series entitled Generational Curses, Generational Sin, Sins of the Father. I want you to know today that this series today was Be Clean, Change Your Garments. If ever there's a time we need to be cleaned, we need to change our garments and not only our garments, but the garments of the next generation. Now is the time. We need to continue to let them know that the God that we serve is the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, God, I do thank you for this powerful series, God. I thank you for how you're taking us through the pages of your word and you're unfolding it before us and letting it be alive to us, God, in our spirit, man, God. How you're showing us, God, that if you can use Abraham, if you can use Isaac, if you can use Jacob, surely you can use us, oh Father, that there is nothing new under the sun. God, this family had a little bit of everything going on in it, but yet you chose them, oh God. God, we we too, like them, are flawed. And Father, you know our thoughts. When you see us from afar, God, you know all about us. The very hairs of our head are numbered. God, you know our secret sin, oh God. You know, God, the things that we don't want anyone else to know or see. Father, we ask that you would begin to reveal it to us. Shine the light on us, oh Father. Begin to open up our spiritual eyes that we might see ourselves, oh Father. And the things that we need to change in our life, not only our life, God, but the life of our seed, oh God, in the next generation to come. Father, we give it all to you today, God. We surrender surrender today. We humbly submit to your authority. God, clean us up. Make us whole again, oh God. Heal us, oh God, from the first, the second, to the third generation. Lord, we need you like never before, God. God, we know we're living in the trying time. We're living in the last days, God. Evil is all around us, oh God. But help us to stand, oh Father. We've done all to stand, stand anyhow. Father, you said you set before us blessings and curses, oh God. You set before us life and death. God, help us to choose life, God, that we might live. Not only that we might live, but the generation to come might live. God, we just thank you. We love you. We bless you. We give you glory. We give you praise and honor. It is in your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise God. I hope you are enjoying this powerful series entitled Generational Curses, Generational Sin, Sins of the Father. We just concluded with the Part six entitled, Be Clean, Change Your Garments. Uh, Jacob made a declaration to his entire household, telling them to put away those gods. I encourage you today, like never before, put away any idols or strange gods that are among you. I want you to know that this is the place where you can hear the word of God. The Bible tells us that his word will not go out and return to him void, but it will accomplish that what you sent it to do. And I pray today that you are getting encouraged by this series. Please come back as I continue to uh, go through the pages of the life of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as we begin to wrap up the conclusion of this powerful series entitled Generational Curses, Generational Sins, Sins of the Father. I don't want you to miss it. And please share with someone else. I also encourage you, if you have not done so, to please go to our Facebook page and become a part of our Facebook family at Yasha Ministry Walker on Facebook. We also have a group page we would like you to be a part of. That is Let's Wrap Reveals on Facebook group page. Please go and join us. You also can hear us on this powerful podcast on 
Twitter. You can hear us on iTunes. You can hear us on YouTube. You can hear us on Pandora. There's many, many platforms out there. WordPress.com. All you have to do is Google Yasha Ministry and you'll find us. I want you to know as always, I love you. But you better know that God will always love you more. Until the next time, I am Elder Shanina Walker. Have a blessed day.